0: Hey, family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone, your future is waiting, so prepare to move forward. are you guys excited to be in the house of God? I'm pumped. Hey man, it's like kind of bittersweet because (laughs) this is our (laughs) last uh, Sunday uh, here before construction and so um, it's like bittersweet. God has been so good to us. We've been having so much fun. And um, before I jump into this message, I just want to shout out our amazing staff, our amazing team, our dream team, just everybody who showed up. You guys are amazing, and we just give God praise um, for his faithfulness over these past several months as we've been doing pop-up church, um, preparing for the real thing, which is coming um, in a few months. So we're excited about it. Y'all continue, like we said, doing an offering to pray it in. And, and also, thank you for everyone who's given, man. It's been unbelievable just to see what God's doing. So, um, I'm excited. This Sunday is our Vision Sunday! And um, you get a vision. You get a vision. So, I'm excited. Uh, vision's everywhere. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm really pumped to jump into this message. And, and I'm going to pull a lot of my content from the story in John chapter 2. John chapter 2 is known by many theologians as Jesus' first miracle, um, first of many. And so he's about to get this thing popping in John chapter 2 at a wedding in Cana. And so we're going to read about it together, and I'm going to jump to the message. Are you guys ready? All right, let's do it together. John chapter 2. On the third day, can't just read the Bible. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana, in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet Come he wasn't being, you know, grown or like disrespectful or nothing like that. But just in sincerity he was like, Yo, why why are you like pulling me in on this? Like, it's not my hour yet. Uh um and he was really saying that once he began doing miracles, it was going to fast track him to the cross. And so he was like, yo, slow down. Um, but his mother said to the servants, it was so funny how she just kind of ignored him. He was like, okay, yeah, hour hadn't come yet? Okay, good, son. Awesome. Hey, guys, just do whatever he tells you to do. So she just, his turn, and she talks to his, his, his team. is like, just do whatever he tells you to do. And the Bible says, nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. You got to look that up. The ceremony of Washington, it'll blow your mind. Um, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He tasted the water that had been turned into wine. Did not realize where it had come from. To the servants who had drawn the water, knew. Sorry, to the servants who had drawn the water, they knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, "Everyone brings out the choice wine first. Then the cheaper wine. After the guests have had too much to drink, they don't really even know what they're drinking by the time the cheaper wine come out. But y'all doing it differently. You save the best till." Now, if I wasn't going to be focused on the vision today, I would take 10 minutes just to preach about the idea of how God has this thing about saving the best for last. I'm going to leave it alone. Use the power of restraint. But you should be excited if you came in last place sometimes in your life. Because God saves the best for last. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which... He revealed his glory, and his disciples believed him. Lord Jesus, breathe on your word. We're here for you. It is Vision Sunday. You are the giver of vision. You're the giver of faith. You're the giver of every good and perfect gift. We love you. You be glorified. You be lifted high. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give our God a round of applause <laughs> on our way down to our seat. We are excited. We're excited. We're excited. You ready? Y'all ready? All right. All uh, right. So the vision of Forward City Church is this, very simple. To see the unchurched and overchurched, to see them move forward with God. To see the unchurched and the overchurched move forward with God. It is our vision here. And the way that we plan to accomplish this vision is through something we like to call our culture code. Our culture code. I'm really excited about this. I hope y'all are ready. Write it down. Here we go. Number one. One of seven. Our culture code. The first. Engage culture. Engage culture. At Forward City, we are creative. We are committed. We are compassionate. We are confident. And, and the way that we engage culture, another word that's synonymous for it is impact, right? So we want to impact the culture around us. This is, this is our culture of impact. And we plan to do this through our leadership, um, through not only our talents, but our influence, through, through conversations, through having a seat at the table, Culture is the rhythm of a generation. It's unavoidable. It's all around us. It's the music we listen to, the clothes that we wear, the philosophies we embrace, the art we collect. It is everywhere, right? And so there's three responses. I say this often, that we can have the culture. Either we can conform to it, we can complain about it, or we can confront it, confront culture. And I love how Jesus engages the culture around him. He could have easily... Heard about this wedding, got the invitation, and stood in the background and folded his arms and just complained. He could have easily just judged what was happening, but even our Jesus knew what was more weightier than judgment was impact. (laughs) So he showed up at the wedding, and he made impact. Jesus had a seat at the table and I believe as believers we are supposed to have a seat at the table the table of education, the table of health care, the table of politics, the table of entertainment, the table of arts, the table of sports. We should have a seat at the table, and we should move upstream, not downstream. And the thing about your pastors and your leaders here at Ford City, we don't mind the news talking about us. We don't mind other Christians talking about us. What they doing there? What they doing with them? Because they talk about Jesus, right? We, you got to be able to to have enough boldness and courage to move upstream and have a seat at the table. When I say upstream, I mean you should be at the seat where you can cause impact to happen, not just downstream. And for so long, believers, especially creative believers, have just sat on the sideline and allowed for our influence to come from the outside rather than the inside out and God is raising up a generation of people who will be bold and courageous who will be creative and had a seat at the table upstream watch this where mainstream will have to get their influence from us and not vice versa we should be influencing the secular world not just being influenced by it fashions to start in the house of God Music should start in the house. Do you hear where they make it over there? Engage culture. We should have a seat at the table. You know why it's important to have a seat at the table? Because if you have a seat at the table, that is where decisions are made. And we should be a part of those conversations. We should set the standard. I thought it was very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that the first miracle Jesus performs was not in church. It was in culture. Wow. That's good. So he shows up and sets an example. Really our culture code, number one, engage culture. Number two, from, not, for. Here at Boward City, we do not worship and serve God for freedom and victory. We worship and serve God from a place of freedom and victory. This is our worship culture. Uh, so I had a, a, a dear friend of mine had a battle with pornography, and, um, and I, don't, you know, I, I preached last Sunday about sometimes you have to walk through it in order to talk to it, and it, it wasn't a personal battle of mine, so although I could give scriptures, I wanted someone that had a similar battle before to be able to speak to them. So I reached out to my big brother. You might have heard of him. He wrote a song called Stump. And so I hit up Kirk and I said, hey, man, I, I have a friend who had this battle, and I know you've been very open about it was a previous battle of yours, so would you mind speaking to him? He was like, of course, man. And I mean, it, wasn't, it was late at night, too. It was like 11-something. So he gets some three-way, and he just starts pouring out. And... It, it blew my mind, and this is this maybe a year or two ago, but it blew my mind what he said to the point to where now, literally two years later, it's like stuck in my mind. I, can't, I mean, it's so, it was so powerful. It was very unexpected what he said. He said, hey, man, this isn't as complicated as you think. He said, he said you just need to change the way you pray. He said when he struggled with this 20 years ago, he was touring, and at 1 a.m., his his pastor gave him an open door, uh, Tony Evans, to call him anytime, anytime there was a struggle. And this is something that Tony Evans taught Kerr Franklin. He said, hey, when you're praying from now on, don't ask God to deliver you from it. Thank him that you're delivered from it. Such a powerful revelation. It, it changes the language from being that of a conviction and that of condemnation. Yeah. So I'm not saying, Lord, if you just please, no, we're not beggars. Yeah. Lord, if you just please help me with this and you just, no, 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 no. God, I thank you Even while I feel the urge, God, I thank you. Even while the temptation is present, God, I thank you that I have been delivered from this. And this is very important because if you live, if you serve, if you worship as a beggar, you'll never see yourself worthy to be blessed or used by God. And the reason this is important because we have so many believers who are working and serving and worshiping from a deficit. You understand with gratitude that God has already done it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a game changer. We worship from, not for. We're not begging for freedom. We're thanking them that freedom is done. And this is a major difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. This is a major difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament because in the Old Testament, it was the action of the high priest who went on behalf of the people and made atonement for the sins of the people. In the New Testament, Jesus comes as the unblemished lamb, the perfect sacrifice, and the high priest, both in the same package. What a mighty God. And he makes atonement for us. Therefore, now when we worship, we're not worshiping as an act to cover. We worship him because we are covered. My God, did you hear what I just said? We are worshiping from a place of victory. Not everybody. Just give me five people in the baby. That'll clap your hands and say, God, I thank you that I am victorious already. From... A place, from a place. And here's what's powerful. Here's what's powerful about what Jesus did. We had nothing to do with it. Yeah. We had nothing to do with it. So Our only responsibility yeah. is to receive. So <laughs> with gratitude, receive. Receive. So here's Jesus. In John chapter 2. And he changed water into wine. It's G- it, it was at Jesus' last meal, three years after this, where he's going to reveal to us this great revelation that makes this a little more than just a story, right? There are, there are no just casual stories in the Bible. Everything has intentionality. And at Jesus' last meal, he reveals to his disciples, he says, hey, 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 this isn't just wine. This represents my blood that will be shed. Let's go back even further, 1,500 years earlier. Exodus chapter 7, the Bible says, God sends 10 plagues to Egypt. Guess what the first one is? Water into blood. <laughs> and, and, and this whole, these plagues and the splitting of the Red Sea and all of this stuff, he said, Moses, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go, comma so that they can worship. Here we go again. The Israelites had nothing to do with it. <laughs> the first plague is water into blood. And now here's Jesus turning water into what His blood is represented by wine. And the master of the banquet sits there. And I, when I saw this, it was very just eye-opening for me that we are just like the master of the banquet. We get to receive a miracle having nothing to do with it. He didn't work for it. He was able just to receive. And religion tells us we got to work for it. And God says, just receive my work. Worship from freedom, not for it. This is our worship culture. Number three. Engage culture. From, not for. Number three of our culture code. Give to give. This is our culture of generosity. Yeah, man. We are a generous people. At Ford City, we believe that when we give, we make room to give more. So good. We don't give to get, we give to give. Man. John chapter 2, verse 7, watch what happened. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Fill the jars with water. Fill the jars with water. They gave water, he gave wine. There's so many times where we're holding on to something. It's my water, God. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't want to pour out. It's just I need to hold on to this. And God is saying, if only you knew that on the other side of your obedience, here it is, on the other side of your willingness. Well, God, it ain't. Oh, man, it ain't enough. We need wine. All I got is water. If only you knew on the other side of your willingness that God had something better in mind. They first gave water. Watch this, verse 8. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. So they did so. Draw some out. Draw some out. The incredible part was that the miracle, watch this, happened somewhere between their first act of obedience, filled with water, and their second act of obedience, drawing something out. <laughs> the blessing, watch this, draw something out. The blessing of the wine was for others. So when God bless us as he has and as he will continue, when he bless us, when he bless you beyond your imagination, he blesses you with others in mind. Don't miss that. When God bless you, he bless you with others in mind. And so if God's mind is on others and your mind is just locked on yourself, oh, then the blessings of God will be limited. Yeah. So his expectation is clear what to do with what you got. Fill the jars with water. Now what, God? Draw some out. Draw some out. Somebody just say that, draw some out. So watch this, watch this. Our objective as a ministry is to obey God, to steward his resources, to to do what he tells us to do. We went through a whole series about jars, so I don't have to rehash that. But to fill our jars, to, to trust him, but not be focused so much on consuming that we miss the opportunity to draw some out. We give to give. I've shared this a few weeks ago and I think it's worth mentioning again that Peter receives this blessing and we talk about it all the time. The blessing's under the boat. The blessing's under the boat. The blessing's under the boat, right? He trusts God. He launches onto the deep. There's a bunch of fish and the Bible says there's so much fish that he has to partner with other boats and he shares with them and the Bible says there's so much fish that multiple boats begin to sink. If multiple boats begin to sink with this big abundant blessing, imagine what it would have done to just Peter's boat. Wow, man. And we have so many people are drowning in the blessing. Hey, guess what, Master of Banquet? If you drink these 10 jugs by yourself, you'll be drunk. You'll be wasted. The miracle would be wasted. The opportunity would be wasted. The window would be wasted. And I wonder how many opportunities we've wasted. My wine! My talent, my time, my one day off, my energy, my purpose, my dreams, my ministry, my 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 we just drunk, we just a church full of just drunk just I'm so blessed. We are blessed in the city It's blessed and wasted sinking under the blessings that we've been giving, not to hoard, but to give yeah, man. Yeah. a vessel, a vessel. Maybe this is why God's into broken vessels, because broken vessels don't have the option but to leak. And God says, as I'm pouring into you, my expectation is that you will pour into others. It ain't nothing but water, not when I get a hold of it, Lydia. I don't speak as good as this, not, not when I get a hold of it, Paul. I'm not as educated, not when I get a hold of it. He says, give me your water, I'll give you my wine. But not for you to consume. Crashing because you just functioning drunk. And here's here's the mystery. This is where the enemy get us. Because you ain't drunk in sin, you're drunk in blessings. (laughs) I'm afraid throughout this beautiful world, we have churches full of drunk people. I got to say, man, I've given to you for you to give to others. Here at Forward City, we give to give. We are blessed to bless others. Let's keep moving. Our next culture code, I love that one, as you can see. Our next one is that we love like crazy. Yeah, we love like crazy. This word crazy is intentional. We love like we done lost. Our <laughs> you done lost. I remember my mom. <laughs> My mom had levels, and she wanted us to know how serious she really was. She was just—that's what you, these parents, y'all are too nice. You gotta just—my wife do it sometimes to Jason. You just gotta—you flip, you just gotta just act like you don't go. Cra- I know you didn't. You gotta just go crazy. I'm telling you, you ain't even gotta hit them if you just flip out one time. My, I did it to my boys yesterday. It scared them. I was just sick of it. I just woke up from a nap. I was sick of it. Just fighting over a paper plate. One of them grabbed the paper plate. Like, my paper plate. I grabbed it. I said, give me the paper plate. They both was like, oh, my God. That done gone crazy. Sick of it. <laughs> and I played it in my mind before I did it. It was actually planned. I looked at it. I said, I'm about to. Yep, I'm going to do it. I took it. Mm. Ah! We love... We love like crazy. Love like crazy. Love like... You should love so hard that people think you done lost your mind. Love without second thought. Love without hesitation. Love without record of wrong. Love without judgment. Your love should be so intense that it make other people judge it. (laughs) I think one of the greatest compliments Jesus got was not Hosanna, but he's a friend of sinners. (laughs) Your love should be so crazy that it make people question you. Do they know what they did to them? I just love you. Do you know they can't stand them? love like this is Jesus on the cross how are you interceding for people who are spitting on you it's a crazy love My God, if I had an hour, I could just worship right there off of the fact that God's love for me is crazy. It literally makes no sense why he would take somebody who was not studying him and pour his grace and his gifts upon. It is crazy to me how God would select people like us who are imperfect, who have mood swings, who are up today and down tomorrow and say, yep, you're exactly who I want to It is crazy that God would take broken people and pour such a trusted treasure inside. It is crazy the fact that Jesus would die on Calvary's cross knowing that I would reject him one day. Just And he just knew that although I would get it wrong eventually I would say yes. This is crazy. And because his love is crazy for us, he expects for our love to be crazy for others. John 21, 17. Hey Peter, you love me? But the third time he asked him, Peter got offended. He said, you're my best friend, man. Like, Jesus, if you got married, I'd be your best friend. Right? Right? And we boys, boys. Why do you keep asking me if if I love you? I've been rocking with you. I've been showing up. I was with you on the boat when the storm came. I was with you when we been out here traveling hungry, watching you turn fish and loaves into ryan's. I've been with you. <laughs> and Jesus says, your love, watch this, is not proven by your works. Your love is not proven by your dedication. Oh, this is going to hurt. Your love is not even proven by your devotion to me. God, I get up 6 a.m. every day. How dare you ask? Ask me if I love you. How, you know how much I fasted this past year? How you ask me if I love you? You know how, man, I show up every time the church is open. God, I was the last one to leave. I swept the floor. You're asking if I love you? I've been an ursher for 35 years with white gloves, having kids spit their gum out, and you asking me if I love you? My family name is on the second pew. We helped build this church. You're asking if I love you? I've been in a choir, a dedicated second soprano and you asking if I love you he said yeah your love is not proven by your works by your devotion it's proven in the way Peter you love the people I love prove your love not by being crucified upside down Peter that's cool but prove your love by feeding my sheep. How do you love who he loves? I love this story because Jesus had no interest in performing a miracle. Woman of God, why do you involve me? My time ain't come yet. Do you know what this means? Once I start doing this, like, I, you know, it's going to start signs and wonders. This is the first of many. Like, once that, once it's open, once the faucet, when the faucet is running, like water, it's going to be everywhere. Like, miracles are going to be everywhere. And once it starts, all it's going to do is expedite my trip to the cross. Why do you involve me? But yet, even though I know what this is going to do to me, My God, Reggie, even though I know how this is going to inconvenience me, Reggie just peed on himself. Even though I know what this is going to mean for my present and my future, I am willing, watch this, to be inconvenienced because of my compassion for those around me. I'd rather be inconvenienced than they not have what they need. That's a whole series. My lamb. I'm going to love like crazy. Uncomfortable, but I'm going to love like crazy. It's in my nature, even when I don't feel like it. I ain't motivated to do this right now. I'm tired. It's Saturday. It's early. But. My love is driving me beyond my comfort. Yeah. Jesus loves people. Jesus loves people. Jesus loves people. And I'm afraid in the church, my wife and I was having this dialogue yesterday. And we, we go into like deep thoughts because we try to, you know, we want to lead well and we want to communicate well. And we're just having this conversation, one of many we're talking about how, oftentimes, as believers, we identify individuals by their issues, and we stop seeing the person past the place of their problem. Come on, y'all ain't gonna be real like this. I, oh, you talking about you talking about the one who do that? No, no, you talking about oh? So we we we. We hold people hostage to an issue. And Jesus don't look, if he looked at us like that, you still have your nickname from, don't be like that now. Don't even, Crystal, don't even. (laughs) I wish I knew your old nickname. I wish I knew it, that'd be so good. I'm calling Wendell. I need to know what they used to call you. (laughs) An issue is just a costume. There's a kid on the inside of that costume. And so many times we can't see them. I can't see the kid on the inside because all I see is the makeup on the outside. (sighs) If you're wearing that, that must be you. God never renamed Eve fig leaf girl. What you're wearing is not who you are. You are who he says you are. And for us to love like Jesus, we have to see people like Jesus. Is anybody catching what I'm dropping? This is good to me, man. Love like crazy. First John 4:19. If someone says, I love the scripture, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. how explicit (laughs) if someone says I love God but hates his brother he is a liar y'all that is so weighty if you hate someone your love for God is a fraud it's the Bible don't shoot the messenger for he who does not love his brother Whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? I love you, Jesus, but I hate my baby daddy, just want to kill him. We are called. To love like crazy. That means we must forgive like crazy. That means we must cover others like crazy. Even if it means I'm going to be cold, I got to cover you. Even if it means I'll be exposed to the weather. I got to cover you like crazy, a love that is reckless, a love that makes no sense, love like crazy. Let's move on. Next, we must dream beyond ourselves. This is our faith culture here at Fort City. Here, our expectation always sees our natural abilities. We believe in miracles, man. We've seen too many not to believe in it. We believe in favor, radical favor. The Bible says in John 2, after Jesus, after she tells them they don't have wine, he's like, hey, you know, this ain't really my, my thing. You know, this is going to really rush what's happening. And she just turns around and says, hey, do whatever he tells you. I love this. I love that Mary's expectation is clear. She says, I see a need, but I see a miracle worker. So, the only thing left to do is whatever he says. Because the outcome is beyond us. <laughs> the outcome is beyond our ability, beyond our experience, beyond our resources, beyond our reach. We need the miracle worker to show up. So, whatever we do here at Fort City, it will require our faith. What? Purchasing a building in a pandemic, beyond ourselves. Doing renovations when the world is shut down, beyond ourselves. Feeding the hungry and giving tens of thousands of dollars to other churches, beyond ourselves. Hey, if it don't require faith, it don't require God. So we should dream beyond our Budget. We should dream beyond our manpower. We should dream beyond our own talents. Dream beyond ourselves. And oftentimes we're looking for a miracle while a miracle is looking for our faith. Faith. Next, we lead low. We lead. Low. Here at Forward City, we lead leaders with humble hearts. This is our leadership culture, man. It's intentional leadership. I love this, man. I never really saw this in a verse. But John 2 and 9 says this. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the banquet, had no idea who did what. We don't need individual credit for the outcome. Jesus was so secure, he didn't need a shout out. He didn't need pastor to come and say, I saw what you did, that was was awesome. He didn't need a certificate, perfect attendance. They don't like that. (laughs) He didn't need there to be an announcement that it was his miracle. Mary didn't need credit for it being her idea. The master of the banquet had no clue who did what. All he knew is that the circumstance had gotten better. Ladies and gentlemen, that is leadership. (laughs) Jesus was so swaggy. Watch this that with confidence, he quietly and quickly delegated. (laughs) He made moves without ever moving. (laughs) That's leadership. He said, hey, hey, we don't have to make a scene. Just fill, fill the jars with water. And no one knew he did it but the servants who were involved. Oh, that ain't how church is though. We uh, you gotta know. You gotta you that you gotta know. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know. I died. I, I, I died. <laughs> that. Oh, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> here at Fort City is my next T-shirt, Reggie. We are anti-Hallway Patrol. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of people who you can tell it's their first time leading anything. You ever met somebody and you know it's the first time in their life they had any authority? <laughs> if that was us, then I would Why? We need, I said, we need wine. Wine! you don't sit. You don't sit, yo. Is the wine here? First time ever being hurt? (laughs) Are you bullied that much that you have to make people feel bad for you having power? We get it, you're the smartest one in the room, but do you have to make an announcement about it? (laughs) No one knew that Jesus was responsible. Y'all, we're not talking about an amazing Christmas program. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking about new merch. We're not talking about the ushers being on post. We're talking about water into wine, and there's no announcement. Matter of fact, there's only one book that even mentions it. It's just casual. That's not what I'm really here for. I'm here for impact, but you don't have to know it's me. you notice so many miracles Jesus made? He asked them not to say anything. Lead low. One of the ways that we're planning to accomplish this is by something I'm so excited about called Forward You. i I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And this is a leadership intensive that we'll be doing um, really often at this church. And so, man, it, it's going to be amazing. It is our way of really investing and imparting into people so that we can lead people to lead people. I want, man. This has been my prayer. I want our church to be known not just by our talent, not just by our anointing. I want us to be known for having high, high-level leaders yeah, yeah, because leaders make impact. Like talent would draw someone, but leadership is the thing that keeps them. Yeah. So I'm so pumped about. For you, and there'll be multiple other uh, ways that we're planning to roll this out, but we are going to lead low with humility. Last one. Last one. You ready? Our last culture code and how we're planning to see the unchurched and overchurched move forward with God. You never guess it. Party hard. (laughs) I knew Lydia was going to love that one. We are party animals. Here at Poet City, we enjoy the journey, not just the destination. We have a culture of fun, man. You're supposed to have fun. I believe that with enthusiasm and passion. Verse 2 was so cool to me. Because the Bible said, and I've heard this preached many different ways. I've heard people say Mary was so interested in wine because it was actually her friend's wedding and she didn't want them to be embarrassed. And so she asked Jesus to get involved. But that's not what I see in the Bible. I see in verse 2 that Jesus and the disciples were invited. They were invited to the wedding. This to me suggests that Jesus was fun. Like you're not going to invite anybody to a celebration who's a party pooper. I'm inviting God to come and judge us all. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? You, know you know what a make this wedding pop off? Somebody in the corner with the orange folded? Like, why are they partying? <laughs> My Jesus was... <laughs> <laughs> what would Jesus do? He would party! If this is offensive for you, we're reading two different Bibles. Because Jesus, like, God is not this, like, if God was against partying, heaven would be dusty. I, uh, <laughs> There was one time I was having a conversation, I was working at a church, and they spent so much money on lights, man. I mean like like a lot of money, like a lot, a lot of money. And I had a moment because God confronts me with my own religiousness, and I had a moment and I was just like, I don't know if that's necessary. Now we're talking like we're talking tens and 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 tens. And tens, and tens. now we're in hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on lights? on lights. People dying, and you buying lights? We talking about practice? (laughs) Practice? And I, I Alan Iverson, look it up, baby. I'm sorry, my wife's like, I don't get it. (laughs) We spend all this money on lights? And I remember I was I was I was alone with God and I was just it would bother me. I had a meeting with somebody like a side meeting, not a real meeting, right? You know how you have side meetings about your own opinion about vision. And I was just like, I don't I don't really under, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And so later I was just chilling, just me and God. I was just chilling. And God said, "Read Revelations four. It's a light show in heaven, Travis." I said, "Oh my God." The Bible literally talks about the different colors that are bouncing off in the throne room. Millions around the throne crying out. You think it's quiet in heaven? Turn the music down! <laughs> I wrote a song a decade ago called Heaven is Loud. Like, it is. A, like God is not this... Mm, he's not Eeyore. <laughs> God is passionate and creative and fun. Like, God is the one who invented laughter. Like, we just made God to be so... Next week, we're going to talk about how God invented this word that's like, it's a curse word, sex. You nasty. was <laughs> like, let's talk about it.
1: <laughs>
0: like, God is not... what has happened, hear me, hear me, hear me. I would guarantee to say God is the originator. We're the ones who perverted. Uh-oh. 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 Oh, Where he created. Right. Right. There is a such thing as remaining saved and partying. There's a such thing as, well, you better not go bowling. That look like too much fun. Mm-mm. Putt-putt, that's for the devil. just make rules. Mm -mm. I drove by the putt-putt. They had a clown out there on the Ferris wheel. As for me and this church, we would not play (laughs) putt-putt. You can watch TV, but do not watch commercials. I went to a church like that, for real. That's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Do not play Papa. We want a culture of fun. And listen, if you would like a place that would massage your droopy spirit, Fort City may not be the place for you. Because our turn up may make you uncomfortable. We're going to be loud, we're going to be passionate, we're going to have fun. Why? Because he has given us a reason to rejoice. Do you know how many days I've spent depressed, wallowing in my mess, in my condemnation? But now that I've been freed from the guilt and the shame of sin, I will rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say I rejoice. I got a revelation that his joy is my strength. And so I should not settle for weakness. When I find strength. Enjoy. Enjoy. He wants you to laugh. He wants you to love again. He wants you to enjoy life. So as we engage culture, we're doing this together. We're going to worship from, not for. We're going to give to give. We're going to love like crazy. We're going to dream beyond ourselves. We're going to lead low, anti-Hallway Patrol, and we are going to party hard. We're going to do it, man. We're going to do it, man. We're going to do it. Together, we will see the unchurched and the over-churched move forward with God if you're of your inside the- Let's go. Hey, if you're watching and you're far from this God that we've been singing about and dancing about and laughing about, we have a good time here at Forest City. If that's you and you are far from this God, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him today as your Lord and as your Savior. I would love the opportunity to pray with you. I don't know what you're facing in life. We serve a God who is able to do it again. The God who has rescued you before can rescue you even now. And maybe you just didn't know it was him because, like, at the wedding, he didn't even make an announcement about it. But he is the God who made a way out of no way. He's the God who kept you in your right mind. He is the God who gave you not just a second chance, but a million chances. Because his love is that crazy. Hey, you're watching. I want to give you an opportunity to receive this, this God. I'm going to pray with you. A very simple prayer. It reminds us of His crazy radical love for us. Repeat after me Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me just as I am. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe you rose so I don't have to stay down. I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior. I will never be the same, no never, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're not too mean, give him 20 seconds of a real loud, crazy, Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about, pray the simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me forever from the inside out. I'm saved. I am different. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you. And you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv brandnew brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.